Hello. Hey. How's it going? Good, thank you. How about you? It's going very well. Um, I I just figured my family went to bed and I was still up. I figured, hmm. wait a minute, uh, I could probably do it right now. <laughs> yeah. This is actually a good time because um, before when you were doing it, it was harder because of how late it was. Yeah. This well, I, I uh, was off today. And um, even with me working uh, till midnight, it was early or late, whichever way you look at it, for me. And uh, I think I'm actually an hour ahead, so it was probably like 3 o'clock by the time we finished for you. Yeah, it was. So, and hopefully this one won't run this long, and hopefully we won't have as many problems. So do you want to, like, just start now? Uh, yeah, I suppose we can. Well, uh, welcome to the second episode of the Palcast. Uh, glad that it's made it this far. Um, I'm glad that you're tuning in, assumably. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started. Okay, so the first thing we are going to talk about today is uh, Shazam trailer followed by the Aquaman trailer, but let's start off with Shazam. Well, so way off the bat, what was your initial thought of the trailer? Okay, I... Basically what happened with me is for me, I saw the Aquaman trailer first, and then I was like, oh, that, that looks good. And then I saw the Shazam trailer, and then I, like, almost didn't care about the Aquaman trailer anymore because I just loved the Sam trailer so much. Um, I have no idea what your thoughts are on it, but me, I want to go see that Sazam movie as soon as it comes out. And it comes out, like, a couple of days before my birthday, so it might be a birthday thing, I know. Uh, but it looks really good. Wait, they didn't give an official release date other than spring? Uh, in the trailer, I don't think so, but last I heard the release was like April 5th, 2019. Oh, okay, that's a good, um, that's a good release date, because yeah. it's just before all the summer blockbusters start. Yeah, and my, my birthday's the 6th, so I could go and, you know, fight friends or something, go see it for a birthday thing. Yeah, that'd be really, that's, that's really cool. So, so my, oh, sorry. Yeah, and I also did like uh, getting to see Zachary Levi because I wasn't sure, you know, what would happen with it. But seeing the trailer, I uh, think I like the casting. And I like how it seems to be very much about Billy Baxton himself. So I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was cool. Um, my so thoughts of the trailer um, was at first I was kind of worried. Uh, uh, Cause like um oh no it like I liked it but when it first started and it showed um like the whole boat I hate the bowling stereotrope and it was in both of the trailers I just find it kind of cheesy at this point for superhero movies to do that like in almost any superhero movie yeah has some- I get there I get you there and honestly in the beginning of the trailer the jokes really weren't landing uh. 
in the beginning of the trailer. Yeah, I got I was kind of nervous. Like, um, oh no, like when they got the kid, uh I think his name's Mike with the friend's name, made the Game of Thrones joke. I'm like, oh no. But then um once he uh got his powers it went good but i was a bit nervous at first for me it was like i think some of the jokes in the beginning of the trailer and stuff seemed a little cliche you know one of those oh i've never heard that before well then as the trailer went on and i think the jokes started landing better mm-hmm. and i pro- probably laughed out loud a couple of times by the end of the trailer yeah i think um the trailers kept on getting better and better. One thing that I found interesting is how from the little of Shazam I know is how it really seemed to be taking the Marvel approach at it where it doesn't really base it off a story. It based it off their interpretation of the character, which I think is the way to go with a superhero movie. And, um, I also get the vibe that because it would be hard to do so otherwise, that they're making intentional efforts to make sure you know it's in the GCEU. Because uh, even though Sam may not interact with the other characters, they're, you know, have his friend being a big superhero fan, uh, fan and you see, you know, his uh, battering thing and his Superman uh, poster stuff. And so it's like telling you, yeah, it's in the same universe, uh, even though he's not going to directly interact and he's going to get his own solo movie. And so I think that's good. He wore in the trailer, I looked through a compilation of it, um, his friend, I, I'm pretty sure his name is Mike. Um, he wore an Aquaman shirt, a Wonder Woman shirt, and a Superman shirt all throughout the course of the trailer. And I thought that was really funny. Yeah, um, it seems like I saw somewhere, like, again, I don't know a whole lot about Shazam, but it seems like I have seen that his friends later, uh, becomes part of the, um, Captain Marvel family. I think he later gets powers or something, um. Yeah, I think so, too. I think, like, how, um, with you saying Captain Marvel family... That leads me to a point I want to talk about in it is I am confident that when I, there's going to be a scene where his friends like you need a superhero name and he's going to say well, what do and then they're going to talk about it and his friends going to say what about Captain Marvel and I have no doubt that the that the response will be. No, it, it's old fastener, or taken, something like you know, that. Like, I'm confident that I'll make that joke. I didn't think about that, but now that you say that, I'm pretty sure you're right. Which I love those jokes, just there. They nod to comic book uh, lore, but I, I bet you they are going to do that. I, but um, I thought that they couldn't call him Captain Marvel, but they just can't name the movie Captain Marvel. So if they wanted, they could call him that. I, mean, I don't think they I, I've kind of see, have seen a little bit of like a debate over what fans like to call him. Uh, some are diehard Captain, call him Captain Marvel, and some are like, no, the, he's just Sam now. Um, and me, 
I kind of like the idea that he goes by Shazam now, just because I guess it was almost like a pet peeve or an annoyance to me that two characters had the same name from different companies. And so, to me, it kind of resolved that for me. So, I don't really mind either way what you call him, but I probably do prefer Shazam. I'm the same way. However, I don't think, as both me and you are, like, comic book fans, we got into comic books as he became Shazam, like, after he was Shazam. Yeah. We can speak on that, because if, I don't know, if they changed a character now because of a copyright dispute that we and you were both into, we'd also get pretty annoyed. Yeah, well, I mean, comic books, is, to me, comic books is, you know, something that's not like a hot-button issue, or at least it shouldn't be. So if you have a different opinion on something, then I say that's great. We're supposed to have different opinions. That's what makes the world interesting. Um, you know, it's not like a life-or-death situation that if someone disagrees about a comic book with me, it's the end of the world. I see, oh, that's a good thing. You know, people like different stuff. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Like, even though I'm more of a DC guy, every comic comic, every San Diego Comic Con when they reveal all the news, I absolutely dread the fans saying, Marvel won, haha, DC's garbage, and vice versa. It just gets so annoying. And, like, people, I was reading, I made the mistake of reading a YouTube comment section to the Aquaman trailer. Like, people were just going, like, full out on it. Like, people, like, I couldn't believe the type of stuff people were going over, over fictional heroes and capes punching each other. It just made no sense to me. Well, I guess it's a good segue to start talking about the Aquaman trailer. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. we probably need to move on into that. Um... One last thing, though. Sorry about that. Uh, the main thing I'm worried about in Shazam, though, is the villain. I... I... I don't, I don't know that much about what's going on with the villain. Exactly. It's a bad sign in your trailer where you show one scene with the main villain, the whole trailer. Like, I think that movie's going to be good, but similar to a lot of superhero movies in recent times, the villain's just going to suck. Like, I think the overall movie will be great. But the villain wouldn't do that. With thing. some superhero uh, origin movies, a lot of times the origin is what gets the screen time. And then the villain is kind of almost like a subplot. And I think mm-hmm. it might be this case with Shazam. Also, in the original planning for it, they planned to have Black Adam, but then they decided to give him his own movie. So since they kind of sidetracked that, I think that'll be another problem like i think it'll be it'll be a noticeable honestly maybe that's why they decided not to have black adam in this Sam movie because maybe they knew they were gonna kind of sideline their villain and so maybe they kind of wanted a maybe they didn't want to bring his uh arch nemesis into his origin movie that way also, that way yeah. they could spend a whole movie if they wanted to to focus mm-hmm. on black adam because uh black adam uh, backstory isn't going to have that much time if you're also telling Billy Baxter's backstory. Yeah, and if you have the Vogue for a superhero movie, you kind of want to use it, because, like, his whole thing is action movies, right? So yeah. if you have him for the action genre currently, you want to use that to your full advantage. 
Yeah. So now we can get into the off branch here. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll start off because I um about my little backstory of how I was watching the trailers. I was following it live, like as people were telling, like when it was premiering. So I was like going on like chat rooms online and following people who were actually at the panel, like narrating what was going on. And then when they said the trailer dropped, um, they were kind of describing it before I got to see it. So I kind of knew what was going to be in it approximately. Not too, too much, just minor details. But I thought the trailer was really, really good. I did prefer Shazam, but I thought that I thought the effects in this trailer were on on, on like um amazing level. And there was this I you could like freeze frame at any part of the trailer and it'd be like an awesome photo. Like the whole trailer just looked beautiful. Um I thought uh the whole Ocean Master and Black Manta looked really good. I thought Mira and Aquaman looked really good. I could just say everything in the trailer looked really good, <laughs> but um, I don't want to start time by doing that. But I just thought the trailer looked really cool. I thought the story had some good elements in it. Like, unlike Shazam, I think we got, since it's coming out more recent, like sooner, we get to see they kind of have to show more. And I think they did a really good job showing it all. And in a way, it was overflowed, I found. But after, but I like it when trailers are like that because I like rewatching trailers and noticing new stuff. But that's just my thoughts on it. What about you? Uh, me, I did enjoy the trailer. Um, I did kind of almost forget about it once I watched the Sassam trailer because I just love the Sassam trailer so much. Uh, but when I did see the Aquaman trailer, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I thought the little clips where he's fighting guys who and I think it's a submarine or something for whatever reason I thought that scene looked really cool um and the one thing the main thing that concerns me though is actually something that you had mentioned in our last episode which was the villain issue with uh Orm and Black Manta and, you know, I was thinking, oh, maybe there's a way the story interwines both of them well. And then I saw the trailer, and it was really looked like it was focusing more on Orm as the bad guy. And so I just thought to myself, where does Black Manta fall into this? It almost seems like Black Manta was a whole separate thing that they slapped onto the movie. And so I am a little concerned that even though Black Manta looks cool, not fit into the movie well. It's something I won't know until I see the movie, but it is a concern that I have. Just because of the way they're marketing Black, I was going to say Suzanne, um, it's because of the way they're marketing Black Adam and like having him show up in um, certain par- parts of like all of the merchandise they're releasing with it and everything else. I really think that um, the reason why they're not selling too much is because they want to save it for the movie because um, the DC movies have a history of saving their main attraction, unlike some other franchises for the actual movie. Like in um, 
Batman v Superman. Not that that's the pinnacle to go off of for movies, but they they barely showed Doomsday and Suicide Squad. Once again, not the best example. They barely showed um, what's her face, Intent, not Enchantress, yes. but whoever the main villain was of that. It's quite forgettable, and in Wonder Woman, they never showed. Uh, to my knowledge, they never showed a proper area. Now, like, Wonder ooh. Woman is a good example because, you know, the trailers didn't tell you too much, but what got Wonder Woman sales was people going to see the movie and saying, "Oh yeah, this is a good movie," and so they kind of let the movie sell itself in uh, certain ways. Uh, so yeah. Also, with Wonder Woman, a big advantage Wonder Woman had was that um, just based off um the name alone, because like she's like the female superhero to a lot of like um people who aren't really into comics. So a lot of people saw it because of that. Yeah, and uh, I hear uh, it, it's not super uncommon for people to be fans of a. Uh, Greek mythology even and so just the fact that there's a character that kind of which I don't even know if people know that Wonder Woman uh, is involved with Greek mythology or not but um, there are some just general mythology fans out there yeah um, Shazam has a bit of mythology with it but yeah he does because I think his name I think the name Shazam is actually an acronym yeah, it is. For, I think it's like Solomon, Hercules. You know, I'm going to try. I think I'm going to look like an idiot. But they, there's a, a few of them. Yeah, and the symbol in the, I saw this on Twitter, the symbol in the subway where it showed all those like uh, symbols in the subway yeah. was uh, the each of the whatever mythology it's taking from, like symbolism. That- the first one was Solomon's, and Hon- the second one was... Honestly, I kind of assumed that when I saw it, is I thought that's probably what it meant, that it was the symbols for each of the different um, uh, people or characters that Sazam stood for. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, saw, I also like um, the comedy in Aquaman because unlike Shazam I didn't find there was a joke that didn't quite land although I did find the highs in Shazam were better than the highs in Aquaman I find I think Aquaman was consistently good in the trailer I think Shazam had highs and lows but the highs outweighed the lows a lot better in Shazam and uh, I don't know if you know this, but I actually had read this uh, prior, even to the trailer. Uh, but I think Shazam is actually supposed to take place during Christmas time. Uh, it's not necessarily a Christmas movie; it just takes place during that time. I guess like a, I guess like Iron Man three. And uh, so I don't know how that will play into it. I find that funny that of the two trailers that got shown off, the one that comes up near Christmas time is not the Christmas one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Aquaman actually is coming out in December. Yeah, December 21st. It is nice to have, uh, I don't know, I like seeing movies over like that Christmas 
time period, just like one, and before it was always Star Wars, but now they're releasing it in May. So it's nice to have Aquaman. Well, like, I, I kind of enjoy uh, December movies as well, because um, back when the Hobbit movies were coming out, that was kind of like the tradition for the three-year period, which every December I went with this group of friends, and we went and saw The Hobbit. And then right when the last Hobbit came out, Star Wars started coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's nice that we have Aquaman now, but... um. On the one hand, um, I am a bit worried, though, that comes up then, because December, you can release, like, your for sore hits, but you can't really release movies that you're not sore if people are going to watch in December. So I think that's a bit of a brave move for DC. Yeah, so... Hey, one so thing... Now, uh, were you saying something? I was about to move on, but yeah. if you want to keep talking. No, I was actually going to move on myself. I was just going to, um, you know, I wanted to talk about, uh, since these two trailers came out in the same day, I wanted to talk about uh, who you think would win in a fight between Aquaman and Shazam, because that kind of stuff always entertains me, thinking about, you know, which two characters would win. Um, it, I really like those two. And so, uh, I meant to look up more of the specific power sex uh, of Sazam and Aquaman before this episode, but I didn't. Uh, that being said, I think I still know their powers generally. Um, so, what are your thoughts on the matchup? Well, um, I'm just going off Pokemon types, electric beats water. That's uh, <laughs> Um, but really talking, I think, in ex- like, are we going off how we think it's going to be, like, because when, when I was thinking of it, I think more of, since we're talking about the trailers, who we think they're going to win based off, um, like, their rookie kind of interpretation, because I'm Aquaman's kind of his origin and Shazam's his origin, so I was kind of thinking of it based off origin, end of origin versus end of origin. Like, like rookie heroes. Um, yeah, so I would definitely go with Aquaman because Aquaman has um, a lot, and I'm and a lot of training in basically all of his incarnations, especially in the Zons version. However, um, Shazam didn't really like. It takes Shazam a long time to get a good. Like one thing that's nice about Shazam is he's always improving. So I think Aquaman right off the bat though would like me Shazam, but over time I think Shazam would me win. I think Aquaman is more powerful than people give him credit for, um, but I think Shazam is actually a pretty well-rounded uh, character as far as power sets because you know he has uh, the wisdom of Solomon, the speed of Mercury, the strength of Hercules, and Stuff like that, so he kind of has a rounded uh, power set, and you know he might be a king in inside a adult body, but he does have the wisdom of Solomon, um, and so that will factor into play when he's uh, you know fighting uh, his opponents. So you know he might not fall for traps or snares because of uh, his wisdom. 
Um, and then he's also got, you know, the speed, the strength, and, you know, there's the general, you know, electricity uh, powers too. But then you also yeah. have to consider that there is still a kid in there somewhere. Um, and the new 52 version of Shazam, the kid seems to be more prominent. Um, and they, the new 52 and does sell it very much like um, he still acts like, you know, a kid and it's still, and that's kind of where they sell it from. Um, so I, I don't know for sure. Um, I think it could probably go either way. Uh, depending on how the heroes handle it. Um, and also, like, if they're fighting in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, <laughs> like Aquaman wins, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know for sure. One thing, um, definitely just want to go, like, uh, really, like, kind of cheesy here. So, Zam, in all wheelness, you can just, like, fly up high and just keep on throwing thunderbolts at Aquaman. Because, like, Aquaman isn't, can't really do anything if he's up high, because he doesn't, that's what I always think about with heroes that can't fly, is... Yeah, I think of that. I think of that stuff, too. Um... One thing, though, is Aquaman uh, also has that trident, and I mm-hmm. gather that that trident is indestructible. Um, and I've even heard versions of his trident that can actually pierce Superman's skin. Um, yeah. So uh, he might also be able to defend himself some with that. Um and like if they are by water, he could probably use the water to get himself up there, um, hmm. or he could retreat, you know, down and I don't know. Uh, there are things you know that factor in, you know, if if they were prepared for each other, if uh, where they're fighting and so on and so forth. Um, another thing I like to consider with these kinds. Of things is who the characters usually fight. Uh, for example, I know uh, Black Adam is one of probably one of the most powerful DC villains out there, and that's the guy that Sam fights. Um, and so that's another thing I take into consideration too. Um, and I don't know as much about the Aquaman villains, so I. It's almost not fair uh, to bring that up in this situation, just because I don't know the power levels of uh, some of the other Aquaman villains. But I think if we're going off of New Fifty Two, like post New Fifty Two versus post New Fifty Two, like modern versus modern, it's easily Aquaman. Like that's because Shazam doesn't seem that smart now. Like not that there's anything wrong with that. Both inspirations have their better um have their quotes and their columns but i but i think if we're doing a brief new 52 like um like uh, um like 1939 it would go to Sazam story but well it's like i think classic captain marvel could win but mm-hmm. maybe not Sazam. maybe yeah i don't That's know how- I'm still a little on the fence about it. Uh, I still think Shazam would have a good shot. I think of both of them, he would. 
Well, in my, in my, in, I, I think in the modern he would. However, one thing is that um, just based, I have, I'm currently in the process of reading it, but I haven't read it through. I've just, I've just heard about what happened. Seems like Aquaman pulls off some pretty tremendous feats in um the in the Zephyrons run and Rebirth, whereas um like Shazam really hasn't done anything world conquering. Uh, I think the most notable things that I could just off the top of my head that Shazam has done, she has gone toe to toe with both Superman. And Black Adam. Uh, well, now, of course, Superman does have a weakness to magic. Uh, and so you would expect him to be able to go kill the kill with Superman. Uh, but Black Adam is kind of like world-conquering stuff. Um, and so Sam uh, can keep up with him from, to some extent. <laughs> um, I was talking more like New 52. like uh, New, fi- New 52, I... I mean, uh, like post New Fifty Two, like I've read some Rebirth Aquaman, and the Aquaman in the New Rebirth is very impressive. The stuff he can pull off, yeah, that's uh, what I'm talking about. And, and like that Aquaman is brilliant. Uh, I remember an issue of the Rebirth where he—I don't know if you're familiar with the Shaggy Man—but uh, it was basically this creature, uh, almost kind of reminding me of Doomsday. As far as power set, to me, kind of seemed a little bit like Doomsday. Um, and it was one of those issues where it makes you wonder, you know, how in the world is he going to stop this guy? And what he ends up doing is he gets his uh, Justice League ID card, put, uh, pins it onto the Shaggy Man, and beams him up into space. With uh with the watchtower because the watchtower can beam the leagues up there with mm-hmm. the ID cards and so he just stuffed the ID card on the Shaggy Man and beamed him up in a space where the Shaggy Man ran out of oxygen and you know and so to me you know Aquaman has that outside of the box thinking uh that might you know save the day and we're talking. And I still get a little bit confused with Sam because he's supposed to have the wisdom of Solomon, but at the same time, he still kind of acts like a kid who barely knows what he's doing. Um, I don't know if wisdom of Solomon is like a voice in his head or what. I don't know what the hell that works exactly. But the newer version of Sam does seem to be have more of the kid Billy Baxton. I think Jeff Johns, when he took over Shazam and with Gary Frank on that in like the Justice League, like when they redid Shazam for the New 52, they basically threw a lot of his previous stuff out the window. Uh, perhaps. I w- that wouldn't surprise me. Um, okay. And for the listeners out there, if you have any information that we don't have, which is very likely uh, at this point, uh, and you have any thoughts on this matchup, please let us know. Uh, we love to hear anything you got on it. And and our account now has a our podcast now has a Twitter account too. Yeah, I believe the tag is like at. I can pull it Pal, up right. at, at Palcast Comics or something like that. It's, uh, 
it, it got changed, right, originally? Yeah, I think I it, it had done a default one, and I changed it. Um, I think it's like Powcast underscore comics. Um, yeah, it's Powcast underscore comics. I just checked it because I have another device other than the one we're doing the podcast on. Yeah. Where I've been checking things as we've been going. So I think we are. What's your final verdict for? Um, since I think both of the characters are really different, pre New Fifty Two and post New Fifty Two, do you have a definitive verdict for either one? I guess my final verdict verdict is if we're going classic, like retro, I'd say Sazam, or I guess it was retro Captain Marvel. Uh, but if we're going like uh, post New Fifty Two. Mm-hmm. I'd say Aquaman. Okay. And what pre New 52? Uh, probably Captain Marvel, uh, you know, uh, pre New 52. Um, I don't know a whole lot about the version, so if I find anything else out, anything else, I might change it up. And I think either version, no matter what, both characters would have a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, I think either way, those two characters against each other, it would be a fight, and honestly, one I wouldn't mind seeing in the comic book, um, which uh, Sazam is making a return here, uh, hopefully soon. Oh, it's November. Of that new series it is November. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'd like to see his interaction with some of those characters. Like, I probably will try and pick up that series, find out more about the character. I was going through my head. By the time, if it's like um, comes out like the way it should, by the time they do the first trade, it either comes out right after or right before the Suzanne movie, like right around that time, which would be really good because then you can get fans on it quickly. Yeah. But, um, and the DCEU seems to have a trend of uh, basing their stuff or getting influences from the New 52. Mm-hmm. I, I think I said this on the last episode. I think almost all of the DCEU, besides um, stories like uh, um, the Dark ba- Batman versus Superman, which is based off the Dark Knight Returns, is based yeah. on Jeff Johns. I think because Man of Steel was based off his Superman. Um, Wonder Woman, Jeff Johns never really touched, but. Um, she had many moments from Zephyr's Justice League, um, and and like in all in Justice League, it was Zephyr's. Like I have, it all comes Just- to be Zephyr's. Like I think he's the main influencer there. I mean, Justice League. There were striking similarities between the Justice League movie and uh, that first arc. <laughs> I mean, there's many more differences but like you can see similarities yeah and like if they had swapped out steppenwolf with dark side it would have really seemed like the jeff johns and added green lantern yeah oh i still love to see a green lantern movie i heard one was supposed to be coming out in 2020 i don't know if that's still a plan or not they are trying to um believe it or not it's going to be based off jeff johns but it's going to be a Green Lantern core movie, not a Green Lantern movie. That's what I'd heard, which I'd be fine with that. I mean, yeah, that's you know, 
one percent more likely chance to see Kyle. Hey, maybe maybe Kyle Rayner would be in it. Yeah, I think it went from being a zero percent chance in a Green Lantern movie to a two percent chance in a car movie. So now I think. Uh, so now, I think I think now we're ready to talk about the Ensigners. Uh, how do you pronounce that exactly? I I've heard it both Eisner's and Ensigners. How how would you say it? I I always pronounce it Eisner's. Okay, I'll go with Eisner's. But I I think I heard it on podcast, but I don't know who saves me how to pronounce it. But I always thought it as like Eisner's. Your mic's kind of muffled right now. Uh, yeah, I kind of heard yours a little bit. What did you say there? Uh, I yours seemed a little bit muffled too for a little while. Oh. So I think it, it, I think it's okay now though. Yeah, your yours is a better now. So, um, do you want to talk about your highlights first? Okay. My highlight, uh, honestly, I don't read a lot of indie, so a lot of the work I don't really know the people or the books. Um, I'm open to reading in indies, just I don't know what what I would read. Um, but anyways, uh, one of my highlights is that you know what I saw that you know Tom King and Nick. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Uh, but Nick Gerard, or however, however you say it, the artist on the singer, but I think that they had both won awards. Yeah, Mitch Gehrig. Um, Gehrig? Uh-huh. Okay. Because I know I'm not the only one who looked at his name. <laughs> um, and when I first saw his name, I just didn't pay attention, and I thought it was Gerald. <laughs> Uh, I guess my brain tried to fix it self-consciously. Um, but yeah, and then it, uh, I guess the big highlight for me is that Black Bolt won, I think it was Best New Series, is what I believe the award was. That yeah, was Best New Continuing Series. That was the highlight for me because I think it was well deserved, and it was just a series that blew me away and totally surprised me, and was well written and just beautifully done. So I thought Black Bolt was well deserving. And um so that was probably uh the highlight for me. I enjoy seeing a book that I uh have put money into and that I have enjoyed. Uh I like to see other people share that appreciation for it and so I think I already know what yours is going to be. Yeah, uh, I I really like um I really like that Tom King one, but I also really like the best writer. I, I like that Mitch Garage one. I think it was best anchor artist. Um, there's something a lot of people don't seem to know about Mitch Garage and comic book artists in general. Right, all comic book artists. Um, different people do every part of it like so one person will do the each one person will do the colors the basic sketch like there's all different departments but mitch garage does everything so um, yeah 
and he quite frequently works with Tom King. So, so the two of them, it would just be like, two people on one comment, and that's what they do. Yeah, and um, you know what you said about like uh, different stages of comic art. Uh, you know, one example I think of is, uh, you know, Jim Lee's one of my favorite comic book artists. You know, he's a really good artist. But another thing to consider is he pretty much sticks with the same inker, um, the uh, Scott Williams. And so, really, if you're a fan of Jim Lee, you're also probably a fan of Scott Williams. Yeah, and um, I find colorists are greatly underrated in the comic book world. Like, lots of people don't pay attention to them. Yeah. Um, anytime we come to time, certain things are harder. Are you moving around a lot or anything? Or is it that it could just be the internet? It might be the internet. I'm not really moving around. I'll set my phone down and see if that helps. Okay, it's like, I think that's coming from. Um, but yeah, so, so uh, okay. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I also really liked the fact that Mitch Garrett's wine for a number of reasons. Number one, because I think it's great that ours gets appreciated that do everything, and also because he's the He's one of the very few artists who makes consistently great work. Like, uh, like I've never noticed this. Like, like, he puts real time effort for years. Um, his art's is so recognizable. Like, I could be reading a comic and not look at the name. I could just say, oh, that's Mitch Garrett's art. Like, I've seen multiple photos of that's like, sketches on, like, uh, Twitter. Movies. I'm like, hey, Mitch Garrett's, like, I can't do that for a lot of artists, but I can do it with him. I find whenever he does an issue of Batman, it really just stands out from the last. And I also like it that both him and Tom King got it, because I find the two of them are at their strongest when they're together. Um, like, I consider Tom King like a great writer, and I consider Mitch Garrett a great artist, but when they're together, they're amazing. Like, the two of them together are my I think are just like border, like no matter what, no matter what comics are together, it's going to be a great comic. Like the two of them just have that kind of, I don't know, team work in comics. They their work both complements each other. Uh, a funny thing actually for me is I have seen his art on occasion. He is talented. Uh, but I don't think I've read anything with him in it. Um, but what's funny is I like him for his Twitter account. There's just something about his uh, speech that, for some reason, I just find very entertaining. Uh, and so I keep up with him because I like him on Twitter. It's, it's kind of a weird thing, I guess, but... It's just something about all these tweets that I find entertaining. Um, yeah, I think, um, I think I'm going to mispronounce his name here, but Doc Stainer, 
him and Lindsay are they tweet each other a lot and they are quite funny when they're talking to each other. Um one second, I just want to double check something because I'm pretty sure this is an interesting fact I noticed about Mitch Garrett's is that Barack Obama followed Mitch Garrett's on Twitter, which surprised me. Something, someone that famous following the comic book artist. You know, comic book creators are usually on like a little bit of a lower level of uh fame, you know, what you call it. Um, so, you know, that and the fact that Tom King was on a late night talk show Beth Myers surprised me. Yeah. yeah. Um, Seth Myers has had a lot of comic people on his show in the past. Like, um, oh, I, I think he's a comic book nerd himself. Yeah, he is. Um, just this past uh like I think it was December, he had Grant Morrison on. Uh, he had Jeff Johns on the Tuesday night before Rebirth, I believe, or right before Rebirth, like the first issue of Rebirth came out. Anyway. Um, so I've talked a lot about Tom King. Uh, I just find anything he does entertaining. And I think you're done talking about Black Bolt. Is, I don't think we either of us have Anything really other than that for the Arnson Awards? Do we? Do we? Uh, no, I, I don't. I mean, I don't want to like shorthand go to one. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of talent represented. I just, I just don't know them. Here, I'm just going like, to go through the list of awards really quick just to make sure there's nothing important that. I missed, I want to talk about. Um, but while I'm doing that, do you want to start talking about our next uh, subject, which is the man who laughs at me? Yeah, um, I had seen an announcement on Scott Snyder's Twitter, uh, which is how I find out a lot about these comic book things. <laughs> um, and my initial thought on it is I think that character is too dark for me. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, the Batman who laughs, if you're big in the horror stuff, you probably fit right in. Uh, but to me, the Batman who laughs is just... I agree with you on that, actually. I just think it's, he's super creepy. Now, I'm not in the horror stuff, so I back off on that stuff. So, you know, but I think Scott Snyder is, I think, my nature a horror writer. And so I think if you do like horror, you might like it. Uh, but for me, I'm not big into that stuff. So I think uh, the Batman who laughs would be a little bit too much for me. And um, it's, I'm not a big fan of it either. No, I think I, I'm not really into all this like, I liked Metal, as, as I talked about it, like, we both talked about it in our last episode, but I'm not into um, alternate versions of characters just because they look cool, and that's why I think the man who laughs is, kind of, like, he looks cool, but he doesn't really have much of a arc, like, his character arc. Like, the yeah. coolest thing I can remember happening, like, the best moment that I remember happening with him in Metal 
was when he fought Batman the Joker. And that's just because of the two. That way. That way. Cool. Uh, uh, um, well, I mean, this series might be giving him an arc, might make it more interesting. I also never read the one shot um, for him for the metal tie-in. Um, but probably the creepiest thing I find about him are his uh, uh, crow. I think you call them crows, but they're basically like Robin. Oh, yeah. Like his Robin. I find those probably the creepiest. Um, you know, when he sees them like body parts and stuff, and I'm like, ooh. Because I'm not really into that stuff either. <laughs> I thought that was kind of weird, actually. Like, I didn't really find it creepy per se. I just thought it was weird looking. Yeah, I always thought it would be weird to yeah, have a superhero constantly having three uh, sidekicks on a leaf. I think that would be hard to put up. Yeah, I heard that, um, as I said in our last episode, uh, I got to see Scott Snyder speak at like, like at, for a Q&A. And in it, he didn't directly say, announce the man who laughed, because he couldn't. But he did talk about what he had planned with the characters of Metal. And he said he wanted to introduce new um, new types of characters, like um, like new Batmans, is what he said. Like He said one that it's Punisher-inspired, where it is he picked up the gun that Joe Chill shot and shot Joe, T- Joe Chill. Sorry, I was stumbling on my words there. Back. And after his parents were killed, and like he just becomes like this, like machine gun murderous person. Like he wants to have that in the future. And he was talking about various other how in the man who laughs, he's allowed to use the darker aspects that DC wouldn't let him use. Well, I think one version of Batman that's already out there. Um, that I kind of like is the Flashpoint. Oh, Thomas Wayne Batman, yeah. Yeah, and what I find fascinating is how, you know, in that version, Bruce Wayne is the one who's killing in the alley. And what I find interesting is that, you know, when stuff like that happens, there are different reactions from people. Uh, like, there's a half reaction that uh, Thomas Wayne had, which is uh, he needs those moments. Or the these moments are used to go the other way. And so I thought it was kind of interesting to have his parents have different reactions and for his mom to go down a dark path and end up becoming uh that her, that um the flashpoint joker, um, and then having his dad become a hero. And just kind of elaborate on the idea that different people react can react to the same thing differently. Um, so I I've never actually read Flashpoint, but I've heard I uh, read about that concept and I like that idea. Is it meant to be? I don't like being too too critical, but like honestly, I think it's Flashpoint. You know, what I mean? Uh, I I didn't really catch that. What was that?
Hey. Hey. Oh, wow. I can hear you way better now. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you seem pretty clear now, too. So, uh, 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 let's just go right back into the Flashpoint discussion. Um, what I was saying about Flashpoint was that um, you're not missing much by not reading it. The best thing about it is the concept. I like the costume design and the concept of it. I don't know, I just didn't find it was well executed. I actually find this has never happened for anything other than Flashpoint, that the animated movie for it was better than the comic book itself. That's just like, I don't know, I think, um, I think when you're tasked, like I'm, I, I'm not, like I can understand why it'd be hard for Jeff Zons to write it. Because when you're tasked with something saying, okay, we're going to reset the universe, make this amazing event that does it. That's quite daunting. So I think it's like, it's like an impossible task to do. Yeah. I mean, and just time travel stuff in general can be difficult. <laughs> but I, one thing about the costume is I like Thomas Wayne's Batman a lot. Like, uh, um, when I was playing through one of the Batman Arkham games, I used that as my skin the whole game. I think it would have had to be Arkham Knight, but I'm not sure. And um, also, I have a, I even have a pop figure of it in my. Oh man, I would like the pop. <laughs> yeah, I um, it was top during one of my trips to I saw it and I got it, but. I don't, I don't like Hot Topic exclusives because I don't like going into Hot Topic. That, that's another... I'm getting sidetracked, sorry about that. Well, for you listeners, just so you know, my co-host here, Cameron, has a massive collection of Funko Pops. Uh, I have a growing one of, like, 20, but he has... Do you have a number? Do you know how many you have? Uh, I counted a while back, but it's... a bigger now. I think it's like last time I counted it was slightly over a hundred, but it's more now. Yeah, I mean it, it looks more than that. If you see pictures on Twitter, he has like a whole wall of yeah, Pops. Part of my, and I think I think they're like all or mostly DC. All of the ones on my display in my wall is DC. I have non-DC ones, but they're not like with the rest of my DC ones. Okay, I don't want okay, to. Yeah. Ones. Now that I've gotten a better job, I've gotten quite a few Funko Pops more recently. Um, but yeah, I just drug us down the Funko Pop rabbit hole here. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, um, I really like uh, con season, like because um, the stores always get them like, like a week later where I am, so it's. Even if I don't get them, it's just nice seeing new ones. I yeah, I, I'm. Like, I'm really wanting to go and try and see if I can get my hands on a Red Hood Funko Pop from San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, um, I heard some people is um, it's EB Games here, but GameStop in the U.S. for getting them. But one last thing before we go off Funko Pop. Tan- or Funko Pop Tangent, I, they released, like, not what, 
a, a student booth at San Diego Comic Con with a partnership with Funko. We used a Kyle Wayner exclusive pop figure that will never go outside of San Diego Comic Con other than scalpers. It made me so sad. Because that's uh. like, like, 50, like um, Canadian currency is like, it's like um, there's a 30% difference between us and the US. So it's like $50 US there. So it's way more here. That's to get Yeah. It. Well, I know stuff is more over there just because, like, when I get books or something, they'll have a U.S. price and a Canada price on it. And the Canada price is usually, like, a couple of dollars more, so. Yeah, um, and, like, what, that, it's really hurting comic book stores because, like, they so do U.S. price for single issues. And it'll, so if you're buying, like, a $3 comic, it ends up being, like, $5. And that don't and like with graphic novels, like some of them I've had that are like almost twenty dollars more, which is awful. But that's yeah. uh, maybe okay, there's well. politics to it. I don't know, but I I I, I kind of do feel for you because I've always looked at those price comparisons and be like, well, dang, I'm glad I'm in the U.S. <laughs> but I wonder if there's a reason. I wonder if there's more money to go around in Canada or something, or if it has something to do with um, inflation in the respective countries. Yeah, um, it's more so than not since the U.S. is so prosperous with um, like everything you guys get, we get from you basically. So then there's that whole trade tariffs right now, and it's like right now it's changing too. For the worse for us, but uh, we're getting way too sidetracked. I think. Yeah, we, I know. I think the talk- last thing I want to talk about is politics right now. <laughs> yeah, I think we've talked about everything that was on that we want to talk about. Is there any like last minute comic news that you want to bring up or anything? Um, I don't think so. This might be about it. Okay, this is a good time because I found last time it due to technical errors and it was our first episode it went on a bit too long, but I think this is a good time. Yeah, well it got kinda just spur of the moment was like, Well, I probably could you right now. Uh yeah. Uh, I'm off, so usually I don't get off work until well usually I don't get home from work till about right now. And so ending right now and starting right now does work better for the both of us. So I think we're done the podcast. I enjoyed yeah. doing it. Yeah, I enjoyed doing the second episode. And we didn't have as many technical issues. We had a little bit, but not as many this time around. So hopefully the next time is even better. Yes, so hope. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I'm glad we can say we did two full episodes now. Yeah, this I wasn't actually in when I first uh, started doing this. I wasn't sure, you know, how possible this even was. Yeah, um, I saw a, a joke on Twitter about podcasts saying um, there's a lot of first episodes of podcasts, but not a lot of second episodes. So I'm glad we made it to the second episode. Yeah, I kind of felt weird at the beginning saying, oh, I'm glad we've made it this far as if we had made it like 
so far, but it's our second episode, and I'm glad we've made it this far. So, and like the way I see it, even if not a lot of people listen to this, at least we get to talk about comics. Yeah, I don't get to talk about comics to anybody else because this is nice. I have brothers who like superheroes and love the movies, and we can get nerdy with the movies, but I don't really know anybody who reads actual comic books. I know. I, know, I have a few friends who um, watch the movies, but nobody with comic books. Before this, the closest thing I got to enjoying talking to people about comic books was um, talking to the employees at my comic book store, since they're quite friendly. Yeah. And, you know, so, for me, Twitter sometimes. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a whole comic book community on Twitter. Uh-huh. I like Twitter for that. So like, yeah. now, we're, now we're really getting off track. So uh, I think we might as well end it here. Well, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. If you've stuck around with us this long, uh, we plan on having an episode three. And four and five and hopefully on. Uh, so I hope you'll join us next time.